In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the one God, Amen. Hello, it's good to be with you today for the YIC Lintel Bible Study Series. I thought we'd talk about the uh, parables in St. Luke's Gospel, Chapter 15. Uh, chapter 15 has that remarkable parable about the lost son or the prodigal son, or perhaps it's better titled The Parable of the Loving Father. The church sees this parable as so important to our understanding of God's forgiveness and God's acceptance of us that we devote the third week of Lent, uh, the third Sunday of Lent, to this parable. If we can start reading together from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he found it, when he found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost, which was my sheep which was lost. I say to you, likewise, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light lamp, sweep the house, <coughs> and search carefully until she finds it? And when she, finds it, when she found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I also say to you, there is joy in the, pre in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he, spent, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and perish and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. 
and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven and in your sight, and no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robes and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf there and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now the older son was in the field and as he came he drew near to the house and heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has been received, because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came and has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive, and was lost and is found. These series of three parables were spoken because the Pharisees and the scribes were criticizing Christ, saying, he goes and associates with tax collectors and sinners. And the Lord spoke these three to tell them what it is for the Father, the Heavenly Father, that, <clears throat> that one of his children should be lost and the effort he goes to to find him. The attitude of scribes and Pharisees is one that we have to be careful of. We need to ask ourselves how we go about to the lost. Do we hate them? Are we indifferent to them? Do we rejoice when they return or do we seek their return? You'll find that these steps of looking at the lost will become clearer for us when we study these three parables. These three parables put together by Christ, beautifully and divinely crafted, tell us something beautiful. There is a lost sheep the one who wanders away from the flock and the shepherd goes into the wilderness to bring him back. There is the lost coin that was somehow mislaid, nobody's fault, just seems to have got lost. And the woman, 
depicted by the church searches all over and sweeps the house, puts a lamp on, looks very diligently till she finds it and rejoice. And then there is the sinner who deliberately leaves the father's house and goes on to righteous living. Even for this person who deliberately left the father's house, the father stands waiting for him. And when he comes, he receives him and falls on his neck and kisses him. Imagine a lost sheep, the one who's wandered away from the flock. It's said that the shepherd corralled his 99 sheep, made sure they were safe, and went off into the wilderness, searching here and there till he found that sheep. And the Bible has this beautiful impression that we have, that he takes the little lamb or the sheep, puts it on his shoulders, and carries him back to the flock. St. Ambrose of Milan says, these shoulders are the shoulders of the cross, that the cross of Christ gathers the lost on his shoulders and takes them and, and there rejoices. And then not only that, but there is a, a divine banquet that's held for the lost sheep. And he goes and informs all his friends, I've found the lost sheep. Interestingly enough, He's the hundredth portion of the sheep, the least. One would say, he's got a hundred, he's still got ninety-nine. Does he really need to go after that last one? And the Lord answers, yes, I will go after that last one who lost his way. And then we have the parable of the woman, the woman who, uh, who seeks to find the lost coin. She has ten and loses one. She doesn't know how she lost it. She doesn't know where it went. But she lights a lamp and sweeps the house until she hears the clinging of that coin against the door and knows she's found it. She doesn't stop there, but she calls her friends and rejoices and they rejoice with her at finding the lost coin. The last person in this parable, or the last series in this person, is this beautiful short story about the prodigal son. Listen to the words that are said. He deliberately left his father. He actually put his father in debt because according to Jewish law, the, the inheritance is divided two-thirds to the older child and one-third to the lower. What they say, two portions to the older and one portion. That means if the father had divided his livelihood between the two sons, he has nothing. He has made himself a guest in the house of the older son. Deliberately leaves the father's house. You'd think that would be enough for the father to estrange him, to not want to see him, to be angry at him, to be disappointed at him. Whatever adjective you want to put at it. But it's said that when the child had come to his mind, when the younger son had come to his mind, after he'd wasted all his money and was living in want, he came and found the father waiting there for him. And the father embraced him and he clothed him with the cloth with new robes and made him an important person with rings on his fingers and made him a member of the household by restoring sandals on his feet and held the great banquet, killed the fatted calf, 
invited all his friends. Isn't that wonderful? And see how wonderful that the Lord calls the sinner. He said, the lost sheep, the one that wandered off, the coin that was lost of no particular uh, fault was found why it was lost, but it was lost. And he talks about the son who deliberately left his father as when he came to his mind. When he came to his mind, as if to say to us that he sinned and left the flock because he was not in his right mind. And he was not in his right mind when he traveled to the far country. And he wasn't in his right mind when he wasted all his goods on righteous living or prodigal living as the Bible has it. And he wasn't in his right mind when he joined himself to a citizen of the country and started to feed swine, the lowest position or the lowest position for the Jews. But when he came to his right mind, he knew that the Father would accept him. Isn't that beautiful that the Lord doesn't point fingers at us, but he says, you might have wandered off, you might have been lost because of some other person's fault, or you might not have been in your right mind. In all cases, I'm willing to accept you. These three parables speak to us about something really wonderful and something really rich in the heart of the Father. And then we see the rejoicing when, when one sinner returns. All of heaven returns, as the Lord says in the beginning about the parable of the lost sheep. And then when the Father receives the Son after he returns from his righteous living, he says, your brother was dead and now is alive, was lost and now is found. It is right that we should make merry. It is right that we should rejoice. Isn't that wonderful? And these three parables were coined because Pharisees were looking at Christ and saying he has gone to be a friend of tax collectors and sinners and eating at their table. We know what tax collectors are. They were those who were in collusion with the Roman government, who would collect taxes on the behalf of the Roman government and extort more money out of their fellow country people to make their own money. They were collaborators with the, um, with the invading colony of Rome. And so we understand the enmity between the Jews and the tax collector, or the publican as sometimes we call them. But then they said he's also going to be a friend of sinners. In another place where, Saint Paul, where the Lord is speaking in the book of Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, he says that tax collectors and harlots will be will enter the kingdom of him before you when he's speaking to the Pharisees. So maybe that these sinners that they're speaking about is the kind of company that the Lord was keeping. He welcomed all to him. He welcomes the case, the chief of tax collectors. He welcomed the woman that cried and, and washed her washed the Lord's feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. He welcomed Mary Magdalene who was possessed with seven demons. He welcomed all to his company and the, the Pharisees they criticized him for that it may be because the Pharisees were self-righteous and we see this in the in the attitude of the older son which was a great a straight dig at the Pharisees at the time it said he would not go in when he heard the merriment and when the father came out he said this son of yours 
who's wasted all your possessions on harlots. Nowhere in the parable do we hear that the young son had wasted his money on the harlots. But this is the imagination of the older brother. This is the, the thinking of the older brother, what he would have done had he had the chance. And we know that according to the Lord, if you could, you would, then it's as good as doing it. And he wouldn't, re he wouldn't rejoice at his return. His jealousy, his hatred, his self-righteousness would prevent him from that. Pharisees had this incredible idea, and that's why they were so intolerant of sinners. They had this idea that if we could only keep the law for one day, then the Messiah would come. So every time they saw a sinner, every time they saw a tax collector, every, saw, every time they saw someone who wasn't doing what they were doing, according to their understanding of the law, they saw him as delaying the coming of the Messiah and the coming of their kingdom. So instead of trying to show him the right way, instead of trying to, to, to bring him back, they hated him and they shunned him and they were indifferent to him and they put him away because he was delaying their kingdom from coming. But the Lord tells us something from this, different to this. He says, when you see a sinner, he is lost. And when you bring him back, you've saved a life. And when you do that, all heaven rejoices. The, the kingdom of heaven rejoices. The group of angels rejoice. God's own heart is gladdened. How is it that we look at sinners? How is it that we think of those who have just wandered off? Do we go seek them? Do we love them? Do we make it easy for them to come back or not? What about those who, out of no fault of their own, have lost their way? What if someone was of the flock of Christ and for some reason he lost their way? Maybe for some reason they were ignored at church. For some reason they had parents who didn't bring them to church. For some reason they just didn't find them, they found themselves away from church. Perhaps they traveled to a faraway land where there wasn't a church and lost the habit of coming to the church. Perhaps they didn't come one day and nobody asked about them and it just became too hard to return. Well, the parable of today tells us we ought to light a lamp. We ought to light a lamp and we ought to get our brooms up and start dusting away. Start dusting away the dust that hides the, the jewel of that lost coin until we find it and bring it back. What if on purpose you know someone who's left God's kingdom? What about if you know someone who, like this young man, decided to leave God's kingdom and go and live a righteous life? Can you be like the loving father who takes him into the flock, doesn't even give him the chance to say, treat me as one of your hired servants? but immediately accepts his repentance when he says to him, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. Before he completes the sentences, treat me as one of your hired workers. Immediately the father embraces him and the love of the father prevents any further embarrassment, any further fear, any further um, discomfort to the repentant son and instead makes him an heir, put robes on him, 
royal robes, wonderful robes. You know, robes in the Bible are a very important thing. They belong to royalty. Remember when we go back to the story of Elisha and Gehazi. When Gehazi saw that his master wasn't taking anything for the miracle he did to Naaman, and he ran after Naaman and said, give me two changes of clothes and a bag of silver. Clothes in the, in the time of the Bible were for the rich, were for the great. For the, for, the, for the father to order that robes be put onto the son was to say, make him royal again. Make him royal, wonderful place. The Lord goes and seeks out all those who are lost. There's a beautiful metaphor in the liturgy. You know at the end of the liturgy, when all the mystery is distributed, and there is just left to gather the fragments of the patent, the instruction given to the priest is you should take the spadicon, the center bit of the, the center bit of the uh, host, the body of Christ, which represents the large cross in the middle, which is Christ, and with that you gather all the lost, all the fragments that are in the patent. So you'd see Abuna taking the fragment and pushing hard against the patent until all the jewels are gathered together. And that reminds us that the Lord goes around and collects all the lost fragments of the body and brings them in. Would you participate with Christ in that job? Would you go out and gather the lost fragments? Maybe you've heard the parable of the, of the prodigal son this week. Maybe you've seen how the Lord accepted you back when you offered repentance. Would you not wish that for another? Would you not wish to give a brother that same feeling? Are you going to be a hater of sinners? Are you going to be indifferent to sinners? Will you be joyful when a sinner returns? Or will you join with, the, with your heavenly Father and be a seeker of sinner to bring them back? These three parables are really important for us to understand that, to understand how the Lord gathers all who are in need of his word. This is the wonder of this parable. People in the past always wondered why the Lord spoke the parables, whether it was just a figure of speech, a way of teaching, or whether it contained a deeper truth. The church fathers all agree that parables gives us a window into God's heart. So let's see this window today, this window that says, the father who looks after the lost sheep leaves the other 99 and gathers them back on his shoulder. Think about the woman who looked after the coin, the coin that had of no reason was lost. And the woman could have sufficed with nine coins, but she wanted the remaining coin because that would make her life complete. That would make her lot complete. And so she searched for it. And the prodigal son, the deliberate... Um, the deliberate act of leaving the father. The father still loves him. And we have the older son who would not accept the repentance or the return of his brother. Maybe you can see yourself in that and maybe you can go out and seek that was lost. And glory be to God forever. Amen.